I will not kill a woman. I will not kill any more men either. Do you call this war? I call it butchery. You call this serving your country? You call this patriotism? I call it murder. Certain movie queens of the day were the role models. Marlena and Dietrich, extremely Catherine becoming Hep Bermuda shorts. Wilfred the Fox, that's what we call him, and that's what he is. Now, Mrs. Helm, you've been kind enough to identify your letter paper. Now, if you like, I can have an expert identify your handwriting. Damn you! Damn you! Leave her alone! Mrs. Hill. Let me go. Let me get out of here. Let me go. Mrs. Hill. Asha, give the witness a chair. <laughs> What's my fortune? Thank you. 
read in the cards, haven't you? I've been doing the accounts. Come on, read my future for me. You haven't got any. Born 121 years ago in Berlin, Germany. You know I'm not talking about Mickey Mouse, right? This woman was feared, celebrated. Um, well, she was feared by Germany when Hitler took over. Uh, she was celebrated when she became an American citizen to fight anti-Semitism. She was born Maria Magdalene Marlene Dietrich on the, the 27th of December, 1901, and she died on the 6th of May, 1992. She was an actress. She was a singer. She was a sex symbol. She was a provocateur. She had that voice. Dietrich was, or Garba was saying, I want to be alone. And Marlena Dietrich was saying, let's see what the boys in the back room will have. She, wo- she wowed men. She wowed women. She kissed a woman in Morocco in 1930. It was not censored. She fell in love with Gary Cooper. She fell in love with Edith Piaf. She was an icon. (sighs) She even fought for the USO during World War II. When she was buried in 1992, 30 years ago, Hollywood was not present at her funeral. Instead, there were many dignitaries, and veterans of the Second World War who had worked with Marlena Dietrich and medals that she had received from the United States, her new adopted country. And 30 years ago, she was born, she was reborn, we could say. (laughs) She left this mortal coil. And um, we're going to do another show tonight because... Six years ago, we lost Carrie Fisher. But right now, we're talking about Marlena Dietrich. Marlena Dietrich. I want to. I want to point out the funeral here because this is fascinating. Sixteen years of self-imposed exile from the outside world, Marlena Dietrich dies in Paris on May sixth, nineteen ninety-two, with the image of her beauty still intact. Hollywood is not present at the church ceremony in Paris. The funeral guests are comprised of her family, a few friends, and veterans of World War II. After the French ceremony, Marlena's body is transported to Germany to be finally laid to rest in the city of her birth, Berlin. And something that um, family did not know was that it was a market day on the way to Schoenberg uh, Cemetery, it was a flower market day. And as the car went through the streets of this outskirts of Berlin, all the people rushed into the market and bought all the flowers that were there and threw them onto the coffin. And as this coffin dro- drove up to the cemetery, it was covered 
and all these cut flowers and we didn't know where it came from because they had been thrown, you know, there was just wild abandon. And so she really had her welcome uh, the way she would have loved it. There's a reason behind that welcome back to Germany is because during the Third Reich, Marlena Dietrich said, I'm leaving, and she left. They offered her films. They offered her a lot. But she said, I will not be a part of that because she did not believe in anti-Semitism like they did. Also, the fact that she was seeing her director, who was Jewish, Joseph von Sternberg. Marlena Dietrich was fearless, both on screen and off screen. If I could sum up what she's known for, she's known for being probably one of the most famous German exports on screen. She's remembered for, for cinema, and she's also remembered for sexuality. Because of what she did, Dietrich wanted to be left alone. Or no, Garbo wanted to be left alone. Dietrich, Dietrich was different. Dietrich wanted to push the envelope. We often talk about, you know, how Madonna likes to push the envelope. Well, before there was a Madonna. There was Marlena Dietrich. Nobody could ever touch Marlena Dietrich. Nobody. She was fearless. She could be bratty, according to her daughter. Her daughter, who is still alive, Maria Riva. Maria Riva is 98 years young. Her mother lived to be 90 years old. Died in exile. Maria Riva has continued to talk about her mother, to write books about her mother, to also dispel the myth of Dietrich. Because Dietrich could be very cold. Dietrich could be very complicit. But we're not going to dive further into that because the way that she enraptured the movies, just with a look, just with a... I mean, I, I love that moment in Witness for the Prosecution where Charles Lawton just calls her out. And she's like, damn you! Damn you! She doesn't she doesn't realize the enormity of what's to happen next. And then witness for or touch of evil with Orson Welles, where she says, You have no fortune. I mean, when uh, when they put her in something, whoo, she she tore it on fire, basically. There was a moment in the nineteen fifties. She was at the Academy Awards, and she came out, and her legs just wowed everybody. That, that's the thing about Marlena Dietrich. Marlena Dietrich, there was the image. There was the character, because that was really a character that she created. Same with Garbo that was a, and, and Mae West. Those were characters that cre they created. The real Marlena Dietrich, the only person who knows the real Marlena Dietrich, was her daughter. And even probably she knows very very little of the real Marlena Dietrich. 
this, I mean, ambitious woman who became a film star, became a sex symbol, became, um, she was on the front lines for the USO. She not only delighted the troops, she was there for them. She did many, many things that could have gotten her killed. She even visited her mother while her mother was dying. Because what had happened was the German people saw Marlene Dietrich as a traitor. Because she refused to follow Nazism. She even refused to be in the films that Joseph Goebbels wanted her to be in, and Lenar Rufenstahl, she refused them. Because Dietrich, Dietrich, as I said, Dietrich was a rebel. Dietrich did not give a shit. And she became an American citizen immediately. Some would say she did that to spite Germany. No, she did that because she believed in a free nation. She did not believe in Nazism. And in her films, I mean, she's free. There's nobody else like her. Whether she's got those feathers in Shanghai Express. Or the big wig in uh, Blonde Venus where she's singing hot voodoo. Or Destry Rides Again where she grabs her throat and she's like, And tell them I cried. And she's got that German accent. She never lost that accent. And Hollywood was about that. Hollywood was about, well, we want you to go to charm school. We want you to shed the accent. But when it came to people like Dietrich and Garbo and even Charles Boyer, they somehow managed to keep, and, and also Bella Lugosi, keep who they really were intact. In Bella Lugosi's case, that hurt him. In Marlena Dietrich's case, that made her very, very exotic. Just when she opened her mouth. And then um, in 1961, 62, Marlena Dietrich was in judgment at Nuremberg. Talk about hitting home right there. It hit home. She did not want to be in the film. And years later, she got a call from one of the stars, Maximilian Schell, who wanted to do a documentary about her. And at the last minute, she refused to be photographed. Refused. Because as it said in that documentary piece... She wanted the her beauty to be intact. She wanted it to be intact. And so it was. <laughs> what what can I say about Marlena Dietrich that hasn't already been said? Whenever Madonna does something, I'm like, oh. Well, Mar Marlena Dietrich already did that. <laughs> yeah. Her daughter has written a book about her. Her daughter, you know what? Some people would call it a mommy dearest. I don't because 
you can see it. Dietrich was, she was um, egocentric. She was a narcissist. She was a narcissist. She was a movie star. And as I said, she was complicit to things. Mainly that happened to her daughter. Okay. So she's not perfect. None of those movies. That's the thing with those movie stars of the past. We didn't know all the stuff about them. Now we know too much. Too much. You know, we, we can only wonder what Marlene Dietrich was really like. But Judgment at Nuremberg, she didn't want to be in the film at first because of some of the things she was going to have to say. But Spencer Tracy, who was her co-star in the film, said, if it comes from you, people will listen. I saw Mr. Perkins today. He told me they showed those pictures in the courtroom. Colonel Lawson's favorite pictures. He drags them out at any pretext, doesn't he? Colonel Lawson's private chamber of horrors. Is that what you think we are? Do you think we knew of those things? Do you think we wanted to murder women and children? Do you believe that? Do you? Mrs. Berthold, I don't know what to believe. Good God, we are sitting here drinking. How could you think that we knew? We did not know. We did not know. As far as I can make out, no one in this country knew. Mrs. Burrow, your husband was one of the heads of the army. And he did not know. I tell you, he did not know. It was Himmler, it was Goebbels. The SS knew. What happened? We did not know. Listen to me. There are things that happened on both sides. My husband was a military man all his life. He was entitled to a soldier's death. He asked for that. I tried to get that for him. Just that, that he would die with some honor. I went from official to official. I begged for that. I begged for that. That he should be permitted the dignity of a firing squad. You know what happened. He was hanging with the others. And after that, I knew what it was to hate. I never left the house. I never left my train. So after the clip of Judgment at Nuremberg, there is the clip from Marlena, the 1984 documentary directed by Maximilian Schell. 
all the famous stars were sitting on elephants, and I didn't particularly like the idea on sitting on an elephant. So I said, can't I do something else? And then we thought about it, and I was playing the ringmaster. And I had the costume made, and I announced the numbers. Could you tell me how you met uh, Bert Bacharach? Well, I, I read Walter in my book. Right? Oh, you want to have it? Uh, ba, 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 ba. Uh... <laughs> I can't switch it off for a moment. <laughs> I just, you know, mm -hmm. I cannot say to the people, <laughs> read them. I okay, say okay. That, well, I do it for you now. I do it for you. Okay. <laughs> for nobody else. Okay, switch it on again. I, uh, wait a minute. I, are you there, Carolina? Okay. You are? Carolina. Okay. What time is it? Five past four. Five past four. Because I made you all little snacks. And you know the cast was terrific. Spencer Tracy playing the judge and Judy Garland playing one of the witnesses, Montgomery Cliff to Richard Rich. Whatever we did, I knew this is, in a way, the essence of the film. And then we said, okay, now it's enough. We had about six days. And she had another three days in the contract and said, well, whenever you want, you know. I wait for you. So we had 14 hours, so I was listening to the 14 hours. We cut it down to three hours, and then it was just an empty screen. And then I knew in the beginning maybe that, 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 and slowly, slowly we found for each sequence the seemingly right picture. And I had sometimes to play around with the time, and it was a very interesting, totally new experience, but very filmic. And in a way, I think that's a real film, because when I did First Love or Tales from the Vienna Woods, it was a filmed play or a filmed novel. And that's something totally different. Then Marlene is only a film. You cannot tell the story. You have to see it. That's Maximilian Schell, who was in Judgment at Nuremberg with Marlene Dietrich. And talking about the 1984 documentary that they did together where she just told her story. And they talked about the films. They talked about Dishonored, which was a clip that I played earlier, where she is executed by a firing squad. And the, and the soldier says, I will not shoot a woman. And those were the films that she made with Joseph, Joseph von Sternberg, the impresario her lover, her collaborator. Some would say he was the man who created Dietrich. The Blue Angel, where she's singing Falling in Love Again. I've talked to many people about the essence of Marlena Dietrich, including Jason Almy of Shit Happens When You Party Naked, because he has a film, he, he is a film, he is a film man. He has a film degree. And I one day we will get together and we will talk about Dietrich till the cows come home. 
and everything that really, probably things that I forgot to mention in tonight's podcast of the Dr. Zeus film podcast. So, happy birthday, Marlena Dietrich, 121 years, and as always, unpleasant dreams. Thank <music> you.